0: Welcome back to In Light of the Gospel. I'm Dan Blatz, and today I get the pleasure of speaking with John Weeb. He's a man I met many years ago when I was working at North Star Windows, and uh, he worked there for many years, so I'm sure many of you will have had acquaintance with him from there. If not, then perhaps from, from church meetings and different things like that. But he's, uh, I think he's had more influence on people than he realizes, which becomes apparent in this interview. But I think either way, whether you know the man or not, I think you'll be uh, very blessed by his story and how he came to faith. Uh, I think some people from that one generation older than myself have a harder time, it seems, coming to the realization of the gospel than some of the younger ones. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that's what it seems like. And he uh, he did a lot of searching in his younger years and uh, came to the understanding of the gospel through some interesting cir- circumstances and situations, so... I appreciate that you tune in. Hopefully you'll subscribe to the channel and uh, be very blessed by this. Thank you. Hey, welcome back to In Light of the Gospel. Today I've got with me John Weeb. He's a, a friend of mine that I met at North Star when I was working there many years ago. I first became a Christian while working there, and then John was someone I heard was very encouraging and helpful to a lot of other people. Ch- uh, John, John uh, Harder at the time. John Dyke was influenced by him. Pete Penner, Henry Penner, a bunch of these guys that... Uh, worked at North Star that were very influenced by him and whenever I had a question a Bible question or something exciting to share I would find some excuse to go over to the door department and see John Weeb uh, One of the things that really stood out to me that he mentioned was how much he appreciated his wife and that made a lasting impact on me to this day I've really wanted to Appreciate and have my wife that close to me. He said that if his wife passed away he would very quickly need find the need to replace her even though she could never be replaced, but he had grown so dependent upon her that he wouldn't know how to do life without her. I'm sure the feeling is still just as strong today, eh? <laughs> but I uh, thank God that's never taken place, and he's still happily married and uh, has many, several grown children, three? Three. Three grown children. But uh, to get his story right, I'm hoping to go back to his childhood. He, uh, We started recording, and I made a mistake, so we're starting over here again. But uh, born in 19... 19- Fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. You said that uh, you were one of ten children. Yeah. And uh, the way I understood it is you had six older siblings, yeah. and then your parents waited how many years? Six years. Six years, and then you came along, and then another four
1: years? No. Uh, before me was four, another four years. Oh, okay. There's one in between.
0: So you're much, 64. much younger than the oldest six yeah. siblings. And that... Um, that must have had an influence on how you were raised, I would imagine, yeah, being the youngest yeah. of, of older parents.
1: I think my some of my siblings raised us <laughs> later just on just
0: as much as the yeah. parents, right? Well, I know even our youngest little girl; she gets a lot of treatment from her older s- siblings, quite a bit, right? So, um, you said that your earliest memory of sin. Could you re
1: readdress yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. So my uh, earliest uh, earliest uh, memory of sin was. Uh, my dad had a fire in the backyard on a farm and uh, there was pop cans there so I put grasshoppers in the pop can grasshoppers yeah and they they jumped in there and that's I uh, kicked the can out of the out of the fire and I I, I knew that this was wrong they were hurting
0: mm-hmm. so you're probably five or six
1: years old yeah about six probably <clears throat> yeah and then uh, my Second uh, thing that I did that I'm aware of or where I was aware of sinning and that was, I hit my brother with a stone on the side, on his thigh there and, and I, I knew I was wrong, so.
0: You knew you had done something that was uncalled. for. Was a younger yeah. brother or older brother? Younger. Okay. Yeah. How, do you remember how you dealt with the guilt and the shame of those, those things? No, at that I, age
1: I don't remember were you usually a pretty quiet kid or were you yeah I I think I was quieter my my brother got a lot in a lot more trouble than I did that doesn't mean that he was probably better than I was because I was dealing with it inside and yeah. secret things and sneaky and whereas he was more open and I see. more mouthy he, he got I think it was my dad's favorite from us, too, because I didn't...
0: You stayed out of outward trouble. Yep. Hmm. Were you guys uh, a church-going family?
1: Uh, No, at that time it was like you had to be out of school before you could go to church. Like, I was probably 13 years old or so and then I started going to church. And And there
0: wasn't children's Sunday school or anything like that?
1: No, there was just... um, Going to church and even getting in trouble in church because we couldn't understand what what they were saying. So it was just a.
0: Isn't that interesting? Eh? <laughs> there they preached in High German, so you couldn't understand it. Here they preached somewhat in Low German, but we could hardly understand it yeah. sometimes. It was like Old Colony I was always trying to keep it just out of the reach of people to understand.
1: Yeah.
0: You were Old Colony.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and I appreciate that too. What I learned and. In the old colony uh, system, because they they put a fear of God and Absolutely. and and me. So, but then jumping ahead, uh, I think it was I must have been just nineteen years old when I first came to Canada with my friends, just two other friends, and, and then we prime tobacco.
0: So you came for, uh, just
1: to make money. Yep, yeah. came to make money, and then. Uh, I don't remember much of that and then um, what we did during that time, but then after harvest we went back and that was in 1978 and then 1980, I, at first I said I never wanted to go back to Canada again, mm-hmm. but then in 1980 we skipped one year and then I, I came again and then I stayed here until Christmas. And uh, I, I wish I wouldn't have,
0: but... You wish you would have gone back to Mexico?
1: Yeah, because I was up to no good here during those... I see. I didn't have a job after harvest. And uh, during that time, we rented an apartment in St. Thomas. and
0: You and your friends?
1: Yeah. And uh, I was... During the day, I was reading my catechism. And praying. As soon as my uh, the evening came, we went to the bar again hmm. every day. And uh, I I didn't want to, but it just happened.
0: Yeah, I, the things that I would do, that do I not? Right?
1: Yeah. And uh, obviously, I was seeking, but I that's as far as I could. I understood I could go, like, reading Mm -hmm. my catechism and and pray. Yeah. But...
0: Your friends, were they serious about seeking God, or would they have found it to be silly that you were
1: I don't know. I'm not sure. I think we were pretty much all in the same boat. Okay.
0: (laughs) All around 18, 19, 20 years old.
1: Yeah. They were actually a little bit older. But, yeah, and then, uh, then I already dated Annie.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, then we went back just before Christmas and... Uh...
0: So the the bars and stuff, that was just drinking and having fun? Yep.
1: Oh, yeah. No good.
0: Not that you were out and about searching for other women and stuff like that? No. I'd... It was just young fun, trying to get a little bit of a buzz or something like that? Yep. So then you went back to Mexico?
1: Yeah, and then uh, uh, we got baptized there. Or actually, my wife asked me if we wanted to get baptized. So she you know, was hinting uh,
0: towards marriage, or what?
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know if she was that much, but her sister, she was uh, she was going to get married, and she was younger. And uh, I guess her parents liked her to. Just to do them both. Do, it, the together, yeah. do it together. Do it together. And I, at first, said, no, I'm, I'm not. So, But then I thought about it, and a couple of weeks later, I, I agreed.
0: <laughs> okay. Did they have baptism classes in Mexico, too, where you mm-hmm. kind of learn from the preacher a little bit?
1: No, it was just you learned your catechism. And
0: just so long as you could read your verses
1: yep. when they asked the I questions? Yeah, they memorized.
0: They had the whole catechism all memorized? Catechism. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I forgot most of it. But
0: pro- still, probably even to this day, if it was red, you'd probably your mind would start oh, yeah. to recollect. Yeah, eh?
1: yeah. so then uh, it didn't take long. In July, we got married in 1981, then. Okay. And then in uh, 1982, uh, in July, we had our first baby.
0: Oh, wow, so she's just a couple months older than I am.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that was a boy. He lived for two Sorry, months. He would be. Yeah. He was... Uh, he lived for two months and five days. And uh, he was not... His inter- internal organs, I think, they were not complete, and I'm not oh, yeah. going to go into the details, but he had an operation at three days old, and uh, it was an all-day... Surgery and we heard him cry, scream, and uh, but it never worked the way it was supposed to, uh, even after the surgery. It was just wow! Very so, for
0: two and a half months, he was just in pain all uh, the time,
1: yeah. and then. The last, I forget exactly, but about two months he had another operation to lead the water out the side as well. And and then uh, he passed away shortly after that.
0: Do you remember how you guys coped with that kind of suffering?
1: I just, I just know that that's, I, I sometimes say that that was our little missionary Really, like he he made a search.
0: Hmm. You were still in Mexico, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, that uh, caused us to search, and I don't know how we were searching. I know we were praying a lot, as good as we knew how, and uh, cried a lot together, and and. Uh, he passed away in Chihuahua in the hospital, and then um, secret things we had to do there just to get him out of the hospital. We had to pretend he was alive, put a wrap him in a blanket, and then how okay. come? Otherwise, you had to I don't know what. But then I think you had to pay money to buy him out or whatever. Then then it became a law, a law thing.
0: Oh man, that got to be hard.
1: I don't know to the, of what the details are, but anyway, we had to do that. Bring him wrapped in a blanket, and it was three of us in a pickup truck. Had him um, by our feet there, single cab truck. Hmm. It wasn't was Not fun.
0: the most pleasant ride. No.
1: But it was actually a relief that he passed away because he was suffering so much. Yeah, I can imagine.
0: So that started you on a search
1: Yeah, that uh, and we stayed another two years, three years maybe, 1985 we moved to Canada. So we were trying to make it in Mexico but it just didn't seem to work. Financially? Yeah, so we moved to Canada and we were still never looked back to move back so but then let me see.
0: So that was about three years after your son passed away?
1: Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, 11 months later we had another baby.
0: 11 months, sorry,
1: 1983? 1983. 1983 we had. Okay. Had another baby. That's Justy? Yeah. Yeah, so. And then uh, 1985 we had another baby that okay. was just born in Canada, and, and Julie as well. Also and uh,
0: I would imagine Justy coming along must have brought some healing too after the loss, eh? What did you do in Mexico to search when you said you were searching? Just personally trying to search God? Or was there people you were going to now to ask
1: questions? Maybe I'll go back a little bit. When we were getting ready for baptizing, uh, baptize, I totally believe that I repented I wanted to do I I wanted to get it right. Mm-hmm. I I was shivering. I, I remember shaking and my brother said Are you going crazy. Hmm. But uh, I I never received Christ. It was just repentance.
0: Was, you knew how serious this situation yeah. was, right?
1: I, I certainly repented. But then uh, after that, it kind of faded away again in 19, early 90s. Must have been maybe already in late 80s. We were searching, my wife was uh, searching.
0: Still an old colony?
1: No, she was a Sommerfelder. So I converted to a Sommerfelder after The Aula Amalfada. Yeah, in Mexico.
0: Okay, but when you came here, you would have been there wasn't the new Amalfada. No,
1: there was just one. Gotcha. And then, nineteen ninety one. At the end of the year, my wife uh, got saved, and the Bible was read, and we were listening. She more than I did. Literature. Uh, How did she
0: get the literature? Where is that from?
1: Well, she was listening to 100 Huntley Street at that time. And whatever she could get her hands on, she would read. I see. Which is also dangerous. Yeah,
0: there's so much crazy information out there. Crazy
1: information, yep. But, of course, I was influenced on that, too. I was always conscious of sin. And and then uh, in 1992 took me uh, still a few months before I got saved. There was, I always wanted to get better before I thought Christ could accept me. Yeah. And uh, there was a bunch of Mennonite churches from this area They had revival meetings at the Summers Corners Public School. Okay. And there was Larry and Marvin Thiessen. Mm
0: -hmm. One was
1: preaching and one was, they called them the Jans team. Okay. Were they from this area? No, they were from the west. Okay. I don't know exactly where. But I I was singing in the choir there, and, uh, but, and people going to the front. I always had a little bit of a problem with going to the front because I knew that God could just as much save me in my seat than going to the front. Right. There was always altar calls and stuff. So I never went forward. But then each night after the closing I think it must have been each night they were singing the song Just As I Am oh yeah
0: without one plea yeah
1: that's when it clicked
0: yeah without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me yeah Lamb of God I come I think that song has been used probably to draw people to Christ more than almost any other hymn right because it's such a a good plea at the end of a message to say, Are you listening? Like, you know. No. So finally, it was no more about repenting from sins, but rather trusting in Jesus, knowing that He had taken yeah. His blood, had been shed on your behalf. That's
1: right. I couldn't get better without Him in the first place.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And it was like that?
1: Yeah. It just clicked. Hmm. Just as I am without one plea. I remember. One message from that preacher still, and he used an example from, I don't know, is it a wasp? They sharpened their feet on on a stone. Okay. And he said if there was a, a stone like that and for one million years, this wasp came and sharpened his feet there or his claws or whatever they do, it would still not be any smaller. That's how long Eternity was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess.
0: That left an impression in your mind, eh? Like, yeah. wow, eternity is a long time.
1: Yeah. Then I got saved, and I was so excited, and my wife was excited. Okay. But then, oh, I don't know how much afterwards, I got. I got. Security, and I—I I was taking a course with Wilbert Friesen. He was a pastor at the time in Seoul. Oh yeah, I remember that name. I took a Sean course, and there was a verse used, uh, Ephesians 4:30. Mm-hmm. Grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. Right. I got this so excited all over again. I can imagine. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Why would that verse stand out? Because that sounds like a negative. Don't grieve the Spirit of God.
1: I guess I was more focused on you. I was sealed Yeah. until the day of redemption.
0: Well, I often use that same verse. I'm glad you brought <laughs> it up. Because if if God is going to be with you until the day of redemption, then you better not grieve Him. Yeah. But He is going to be with you. No matter what happens, no matter what comes, He's not leaving you and you are sealed by Him. Yeah. So yeah, that is, that is a really powerful yeah. verse.
1: Yeah, so that was it was pretty exciting, I would say, the growing part and the learning. Oh man, it was so exciting.
0: All of a sudden, the Bible came alive and you yeah. were excited to read and... Very much. Yeah. And you were still Summerfield?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we only left there in 2001. But uh, yeah, we were, we were there and trying to help. We are youth leaders there for I don't know how many years. When
0: was that church split with uh, Summerfield?
1: I don't actually know. Were
0: you a part of that or no?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, there was a group that was going away. Uh, the old Summerfellers, they, they left. and For various reasons.
0: So the youth leading, that was part of the new Summerfield already? Yeah.
1: Okay. I think that came afterwards, the youth leading. So that was, it was a lot of fan, fun. I, I didn't feel like I had any... I was qualified to do it, but I had I had fun. And I think a lot of those people, they had fun with me because we were all learning at the same time. They were yeah, like, and you were, g- were like genuinely excited. Jim Wall, Tammy. Oh, really? Abram's kids, Zacharias. Like, oh, I'm sure that's you could fun. bring
0: back up some really good memories there. Eh?
1: Oh, yeah, there was a lot of fun. We went camping. We actually made a trip to Manitoba once with the youth and some other parents. And
0: and you like, were freely talking about the scriptures with them and yeah. doing Bible study and stuff like that?
1: I could hardly read, but... Really? Yeah, English, so, but... Oh, right, of course. But made it through, they helped me through, and they, they overlooked my, they didn't, as far as I know, they didn't make too much fun of me.
0: There we go. <laughs> and they felt like you were not that much older than them, probably, yeah. right? Because I think about now, like, Tony, you said Tony Wall as well? Yeah. Tony Wall is, like, late 40s, I think.
1: Yeah. So not that much not younger, that
0: younger much than young, you, right? Yeah, so. And you, um, to go back to the North Star thing, when you came back and you moved here with your wife, did you start working at North Star anyway? Yeah. Because I, I know start. you were one of the first ones that North Star employed, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I actually worked for Pete before it was North Star. It was P&J building process at okay. the time. Was Jake and Pete Benman owning p Building Products.
0: So you so. and then Ben Peters probably was with there shortly after?
1: I think he only started uh, when it was Northstar in 1986. Wow,
0: way back. I remember John and, and Ben Peters always, you guys were like the, the first employees that Northstar had had, right? So. Yeah,
1: but uh, just that's pretty much my testimony there. The other thing is, uh, People influence, and I know a lot of people that have influenced me at Northstar as well. And I don't feel that way that I influence people hmm. because I, I feel more like I I was way more of a bad example a lot of times because I had to I had to make decisions and and uh, probably a lot of times lost my temper or Oh really? So
0: I didn't work I, I directly with like, you. So I didn't see any of that. But uh, I was intimidated by you because you looked very serious. But I remember every now and then you'd come over and say, hey, I just read this, and you were obviously very excited. And I would share things with you, and you would get excited. And I just knew that there's something here. We have a kinship, right? Yeah. And I know a lot of other guys. Pete Penner has shared that he definitely was very encouraged by you many times. And uh, John Dyke. And then I would imagine John Harder. John
1: Harder had a good
0: Henry time. Penner.
1: Good time with John Harder.
0: Yeah. So you had the three girls, and uh, when did you leave the Summerfield Church?
1: Uh, 2001.
0: Then you started going to Gospel Hall? Yeah. How did that come about?
1: It was, they had uh, gospel tent meetings in Eden. Okay. Public school, and uh, it was just when we were uh, saying, what now? And there was those meetings, and they, we went there, and they preached the gospel, and, and we loved it.
0: A lot of churches, even if they preach the gospel enough to get someone saved, they spend so little time on the on the actual gospel that when you go somewhere and actually hear the gospel again, it's like, wow, that's refreshing, right?
1: Yeah. Was so that
0: kind of what drew you there, or was yeah. there problems anyway where you were coming from?
1: There was problems at the time. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Relationship problems, or you found sin that you just well, couldn't
1: stand, or I, I think a lot of them. Things when I look back and I did it all over again, I would have done dealt with it different. Right. I I made some rational, probably selfish decisions. Okay. So I'm not proud of it. Right. But uh, it happened. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, one of the things that people often forget about is that the the Bible very clearly says be pitiful be courteous be kind be long-suffering with one another and it's like why would I be I mean the church the church should be good the church should be righteous the church should be holy I shouldn't have any problems but he gives all those warnings you know do this be kind be pitiful be courteous be long-suffering why because you're going to let people down and they're going to let you down there's going to be conflict there's going to be issues and then every now and then like Paul and Barnabas they just had to go separate ways, right? The yeah. contention was too great among between them, right? So sometimes that happens, and there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes you look back and you realize that was how God was leading through that, but
1: yeah, it is too what bad it, it happens. Yeah, but sometimes, you, like it wasn't really. Maybe at that time I was a little bit religious more than Christ-like. Mm-hmm. So I've been there. So that, uh, then certain things bothered me and which wouldn't bother me anymore.
0: Right. So. And then you started hearing the gospel halls preaching and that was enough to say, okay, well, we found a new place to go. Yeah. And then you were there for quite a few years.
1: Yeah, we were there for, I don't know, eight years maybe.
0: Okay. And your daughters kind of grew up and became young women there at that yeah. church. Is that where they found their spouses? Justy did. Okay.
1: Not Margie and Julie, but.
0: Okay. What What was it like raising three daughters through teen years and all that?
1: I think, they might say different, but I, I was always proud of them, and, and I think we had a good relationship. And, uh, we were open.
0: And they'd ever, they didn't get off into trouble and get all rebellious or anything like that?
1: No, they- we, Your
0: wife always homeschooled them?
1: Yeah, up until grade six. Up until just, grade just six?
0: Just it
1: was up until grade six.
0: Okay. I remember my wife was at the uh, grocery store, maybe it was a Walmart, she'll correct me on this, And uh, she was walking along with our two girls. We had just two little girls at the time. Maybe we had a little son as well, I forget. But we had them dressed nice and modestly. And, you know, know, obviously we were taking good care. We were training them. And uh, your wife stopped by and and said hello to her and gave her a little uh, No Greater Joy card that would point her to the No Greater Joy website for child training tips and for homeschool resources and all that kind of stuff. And I remember her bringing that card home. And then I realized who it was she obviously knew your family, right? Growing up, she had known a little bit of your family in Mount, in uh, Springfield. Yep. And uh, so it was pretty exciting to see that you guys were endorsing the same things. And I remember that kind of spurred me on to talk to you more at North Star as well. And then I realized you had read some of the same books. You had been studying Mike Pearl's Book of Romans and the Book of Revelation and things like that. So...
1: <coughs> Excuse me. You no, know, my, my daughters would... Uh... Uh, make stickers, uh, uh, magnetic stickers. Tape them on the back of my vehicle. I love my daddy. And oh, really? Yeah. So I was quite proud. So were you? You
0: were pretty <laughs> affectionate with your daughters. Yeah. And that that was not very common from your generation, eh?
1: Probably not. I I don't remember hugging my parents until. I think my second time I came back from Canada, I hugged my dad.
0: <laughs> you you went to hug him though, right? Yeah. Wow. Now they're all grown up and moved on. John and Justy live here close by.
1: Yeah, so does Julie and Margie. Is in Texas still? In Texas. How many? Right, grand- now, right now they're uh, on vacation in Europe.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. How many grandchildren do you have now
1: then? Six. Six grandchildren. Five boys and one girl.
0: Okay. And um, how about getting your children to know who Christ is? That's kind of the stage where we're at. Our oldest is now 18, and we've got four, three of our kids that have openly confessed to trust Christ, and they've gotten baptized and all that kind of stuff. And the younger ones, there's a couple other ones there, one for sure, which I think she would say that she has already... Uh, accepted Christ as her savior as well. What did you do to bring them to that place of understanding?
1: Probably just uh, teach them, or re- we read the Bible through uh, as a family. Uh, probably three times during that time. There the was whole the Bible. Bible, yeah. And uh, but there comes there comes a time where they have to make up their own decision, I'm sure you have have found that out too, where they believe because they're convicted of Christ, instead of what Daddy says.
0: Yeah.
1: Here comes uh, a time where they have to make a personal choice.
0: And did your daughters all make that choice? Yeah. Yeah?
1: Yeah, they, they all got saved shortly after we went to the gospel hall.
0: Okay. The gospel was there. preached there constantly, right? Yeah. <coughs> so um, I guess maybe we can kind of finish up on uh, on marriage. You've been married for how many years now?
1: Forty. Forty, yeah. Just for the past 40. That's right, because that's 1981. And the longer it gets... Tomorrow, I don't want to part with
0: her. (laughs) Okay, so you know you're not interested in in trying to find someone else at this point. Is it is it get like I know a lot of times people we as Christians we want marriage to sound good to people, yeah. So we'll say that it's getting better and better. And I don't think I'm lying about it. I don't think I'm being uh, pretentious. There are times when it gets rougher now than it did when we were younger. It's like, we know each other better so we can push the buttons a little bit more so. But then when it gets sweet, it's so much sweeter. And then I also say often that it's like, marriage used to be like this, Mm -hmm. and now it's starting to look look more like this, right?
1: How is it now after 40 years? Oh, it still goes like this a little bit, but it's nothing bad, I I think it's-
0: Just little headbutts and issues and, yeah. yeah. How do you guys sort through things? How do you, what's the recipe for?
1: I I don't think it goes, it's not deep enough that that it becomes a big issue.
0: You always solve it before it becomes something big. Yeah. And uh, obviously staying true and faithful to each other. Yeah.
1: I totally trust my wife.
0: And she would say the same, I'm sure. I would say so. You've had, No issues dealing with pornography and lust and things like that? I have
1: had in the past, but I'm free from it. That's awesome. Actually, I've never been deep into it. Yeah. But it's just stopping a little bit too long when something passes by. I hear you.
0: What I mean nowadays, you can imagine what it would be like if, say, you were that 18 19 year old that came from Mexico to be here in Canada now during this time, and everybody's got a cell phone, everybody's got internet access everywhere. How much more of a challenge that brief period would have been than what it was back then, eh? Where yeah, you're disconnected. Oh, absolutely. Any uh, final words of encouragement to people?
1: No, I think I'm. I'm good. I'm out of words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate
0: you coming on to me just to to hear your story personally, mm-hmm. and to know like I know at Northstar again, you would you would talk to me, you would talk to Benji Jansen, you talk to Corny, and all these guys. They'd often come and stop over and talk to you, or I, they would tell me that if you want some good advice, some good counsel, go see John Weep sometime. And it was always the the cross. And Christ were always emphasized by you, and I really much appreciated that. So,
1: I'm glad uh, it's remembered. I don't remember it that much.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. God bless.